welcome to part two slash part one of family worship this is part one for you part two for us yeah, so we we may have deleted and by we i mean me and i'm not totally sure how we did that but <laughs> here we are we're learning it's great so yeah, welcome to cue the apology the uh podcast where we kind of look at two aspects of the word apology parenting man there are so many mistakes to be had uh, you think we would learn from parents before us, but sometimes that's the problem is we're just trying to do what our parents didn't and that gets us into more trouble, but also apology in the sense of apologetics that we're trying to teach faith to our kids that mm-hmm. they, how do we treat the church in the home? What does that actually look like as we raise our kids up? And so that's what we hope to tackle. So cue the apology, a parent's guide to faith in the home. Mm-hmm. So Gavin, this week, uh, as Last week, I guess Sunday, because we, we did our first recording then. Uh, talk to me uh, about family worship. What, is that, what does that mean to you? What does that look like to you from your, your humble understanding? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I think of family worship, well, when I think of the word worship, just to begin with, like what is worship? I think there's so many, a lot of us probably think of worship as, oh, I'm singing to God, like that's worship that is it but the musical element yeah yeah but it's so much more than that and i think i always think of worship as some doing something unto god that unto (laughs) expression from the king james but so we talked about that word last week that you're you're just using this unto let's look at some language that might be more appropriate in the home like my five-year-old okay i don't have a five-year-old but when he's five he's not gonna be walking around saying doing this unto god unless he thinks it's hilarious just to say he's doing un- everything unto yeah actually we should get everyone to try that use the word unto to your kids and see if they pick it up no but um when i think of worship and when i think of that unto god mentality i basically am referring to this this the things that i do i'm doing out of thankfulness for who god is so like this is i'm giving this to god because this is God's. So I am paying attention to God in this activity that I'm doing. When I'm singing worship songs to him, that specific worship is praise to God. So I am saying how awesome he is, how cool he is, all these amazing things about him and his character and just kind of proclaiming that. But when I'm worshiping him in my workplace, for example, I am now doing this intentionally out of thankfulness because God has given me this position and God has given me the opportunity to serve him in this unique way. In my conversations, I can worship God. I'm going to stop you because we're talking about family worship. And while learning about how you worship is great, (laughs) I want to know how do I teach a three-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 23-year-old, like all these kids that are still living at home. I mean, are you 23 yet? (laughs) <laughs> how do you teach a 22 year old how to <laughs> how, how do worship at home so here's the cra- crazy question that's really brought me to this is what does family worship look like hmm. because the reality is most of us if we were asked did we grow up with worship in the home or our family worship time most of us if not all of us would say no mm-hmm. but if you asked a couple generations back the answer would be an absolute resounding yes. And so somewhere along the line, we've lost this concept of family worship. And so 
I would kind of put this idea forward that we have three types of worship. Uh, one would be our personal worship. It could be called secret worship. It's, it's the worship done in your home, uh, by yourself, in your car. Uh, we talk about prayer closets, and, and the reality is most of us today, our car would be our prayer closet. Our dirty prayer closet. Our, our dirty <laughs> prayer closet. Uh, but that's where we spend most of our time praying uh, by ourselves a lot of time. That's where we can go and hide from our family. That's where we can rage against the world in traffic. It's where we take a lot of phone calls we do office work like that's that's where a lot of our prayers happen which is crazy Mm -hmm. uh to think but then at the same time uh or sorry next then we have our um corporate worship which would be coming to church or a place of worship on on sundays uh or your living room when you set up that kind of church thing as you all watch it on zoom or live whatever live stream we're tuned into and those two we're pretty good at but the third one is this concept of family worship where it's not in a church building it's not with a professional minister it's just you and your family and that's honestly terrifying <laughs> like i i can you you grew up in a semi-christian home yeah once i was 12 we were a christian home okay yeah. so what do you remember of family worship growing up or just times of worship in, in whatever that may have looked like yeah hmm growing up family worship probably like there were a few times when i was older that we started praying and fasting together like once every few months that was that's what i recall of like right. our intentional family worship but that was every few months that's all that i can really remember of family worship in our home yeah i don't have much of a memory either yeah. like i I have the bedtime prayer rhyme. I have the, the <laughs> grace prayer rhyme. There's two or three of those. And I mean, I think as we got older, Christmas became a little more intentional. Easter became mm. more intentional. But again, those are almost service moments. They're not, yep. that's more congregational worship versus this is how we are teaching faith in scripture reading. Like how how have we learned to pray? Yeah, And that's really where family worship comes to focus is this is where we teach our kids the things of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's more even that it's, we haven't just stopped doing this in Christian faith. We, we've stopped talking about it too. I don't remember mm. hearing sermons about it. I, until we started doing this podcast, I really haven't dug in to find any books that talk about it. Like they're, they're not the best sellers on the list. Yeah, yeah. And it's ironic because I think family worship is that intentional time set apart for god yeah that's good so we're not being intentional about (laughs) talking about that intentional time set apart for god and so that's that's why i'm thankful for podcasts like this where we can actually (laughs) begin to talk about that yeah so let's let's kind of clarify this from the start as we're talking about family worship we are really talking about intentional time set apart for god Mm -hmm. now being worshipers that's who we are that's that's our identity that's that's what we are called to do the actual act of worship that's what we're doing that's the moment we're looking at so we need to simplify that a bit that it's not the band it's not Mm -hmm. the podium it's not the lights the smoke 
I mean, it might be mirrors if you're doing it in like a living room or wherever, <laughs> but it's a time where you can get your family together to focus intentionally yeah. on God. I mean, first Corinthians 10 31 is great because it says whatever, whether you eat or drink or whatever mm. you do, do all for the glory of God. It's good. And that's what we're looking at in, in family worship here is can you spend five minutes? Can you find five minutes? Yeah. And maybe to be a little rough, can you prioritize five minutes? Yeah. That that prioritization is the tricky part, but the important part. Like, are you actually trying your hardest to make that the goal? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, because I mean, here's, here's a, a ridiculous analogy, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, just because you have some Christians living in a house mm. doesn't make it a Christian house. Yeah. In the same way that just because you have a bunch of bankers working in a house, it doesn't make it a bank. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love that saying. A little ridiculous, but, but there's a lot of, a lot of truth in that. And I, it's one thing I'm completely challenged in as we, as we read about this is, can I prioritize setting five minutes aside for family worship? I mean, I have little kids right now. That's about all they can manage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if we start now, it can grow into something more later. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to go on a, 40 day fast with your <laughs> with your toddler and oh, <laughs> baby they will I not can't even go a 40 minute fast with him <laughs> so here's the idea that every church every family should be a little church that's one saying i keep coming across as we're doing all mm-hmm. this reading is a family should be a little church yeah. and so I think it's neat to look at the churches even across Ottawa, across Ontario, across Canada, across the world. Churches are all so similar, yet all so different. Mm-hmm. Each culture, each subtext has its own unique pieces. And I think what that means or presents for us is we really need to look at our family and say, what is our family drawn to? God speaks mm-hmm. to us in so many different ways. So what is our family drawn to? So if you are an outdoorsy family, do you take time on your hikes, on your walks or whatever and say, we're going to pray, give glory. This is the image of God, like that intentional time of prayer. Yeah. And even just being simple in our prayers. This kind of caught me this week talking to my mechanic uh, where he's Mm. like, listen, I've been having a rough week with COVID, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff that we're all going through. And he's like, but I don't pray for hours. Like I'm not, I'm not that guy. And so I've had the simple prayer of God, just let me do good and make the right decision. Hmm. And I'm like, why are you talking down to yourself about that? That's, that's an incredibly beautiful prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's something he remembers from a pastor when he was a kid and it's just stuck with him. And I'm like, if he could only teach and pass that on to his kids is that we just have this moment and say, God, let us make the decisions and everything we do. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think when it comes to family worship and honestly, family discipleship, that's where the biggest change comes from is when the kids don't necessarily, aren't necessarily taught by their parents something, but are shown by mm. their parents something. That that word that I love, impartation, but is basically just seeing something done passionately and it being passed on to you because you see how much somebody cares about something. So when yeah, your yeah, yeah. kid sees how much you care about God and love God and prioritize God, that passes on to them rather than just you saying once a week, we're going to church because God's a priority, but actually throughout the week, 
making that a priority, steering conversations in that way. That's why I like the analogy of if you're a family that likes to walk or go on outdoor hikes or whatever, like just making that time. That's what family worship should be is steering conversations in the direction of Christ or steering moments into praise to Christ. Like it doesn't have to be so formulaic. It can just be, we're talking about this. We came across this video on YouTube or whatever. Now, what does that talk about our relationship with God? What is Christ saying through this? How could we focus on him through it? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I mean, we gave this story last time and it still triggers like kids are horribly wonderful little mirrors. (laughs) They're going to show back to us both the good and the bad of what we do, of what we prioritize, of the actions we do. So, I mean, I have one of those like motorized mechanical toothbrushes. Why I can't, I think of the right name. Anyways, but like they get gross. It's just the reality of it. Like it's a vibrating thing in your mouth, like spit comes out with it. So I rinse it off every time. And so I was brushing my teeth the other, thank you. Thank you for (laughs) commenting on my hygiene. I I was brushing my teeth and I've started to notice now that Amos does the same thing. Once I'm done brushing, I wash the toothbrush. Mm -hmm. He does the same thing (laughs) because he's following and mimicking what I do. And so I need to make sure that my actions are, are something that I want repeated. Yeah. That's good. Something more repeat. So let's look at this. Genesis 18, verse 19. God said that he chose Abraham and that he commanded his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. Hmm. Great. God said, keep keep the way. (laughs) Keep keep on the path. This is the way. Do do the thing. Um, But what's crazy about this is how would Abraham have taught his children? There's no church. There was no... Uh, scripture to follow. There was no other family known to be following God at this time. Like yeah. it's literally just Abraham. Yeah. So all the kids could do was model what daddy did. Yeah. To follow yeah. what mommy did. Yeah. I I love that. And I appreciate that much more this week than last week, because last week I did talk about how it was interesting how the only mode of passing things on back then, there wasn't this written down scripture but it was through verbal, like talking through things, just reminding them of things. But yesterday I started this Bible study called the uh, 30-Day Shred. I don't know if you've heard of it. it <laughs> no, but it sounds like that <laughs> P20X or whatever. I, I, I You're just going to get ripped yeah, on scripture. That is the purpose of it. It's supposed to be like, it's supposed to sound like an intense workout. But it's basically, you read through the whole Bible in 30 days. Um, and that is intense. It is intense. And it, it's crazy. There's a lot of untos and begats and dots. And- <laughs> Especially if you read it in the King James Version. Yeah. No, but the purpose of it is that you can see the overall themes of the Bible. So you just go over this, this like you read, you can skim read, you can mm-hmm. read quickly, but you just get the whole picture. But what stood out to me in these first few days is how much God reminded the nation of Israel to remember him. And every after everything he did, they would set an altar or they'd set up this thing that they did to remind them it's of good. what God did. And that's essentially what we are to do to our kids, like set these things up as memories, as re- memories, as <laughs> to remember God um, in all that you do. And I just, yeah, that just stands out so much more this week now after doing that little bit of reading. 
No, that's good. Uh, I mean, that leads into Psalm 78.4. Like Psalm 78 is a, a great psalm that keeps being referenced in these family worship books. But uh, chapter 78, verse 4 says this, We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is right before this, it talks about the dark things. And it's like, mm. what, what's the dark things that we're telling our kids? It's like this like spooky history, but really the dark things is just the moments where people walked away from God, the yeah. time without God. And it's just that intentionality of sharing, here's the greatness of God, and here's mm. what life was like without God. That's good. And I think that's an important thing that our kids need to see. Like too yeah. often we want to tell them all about the happy, wonderful, happy, happy, joy stuff of God. And there's yeah. such incredible beauty and joy that is a gift from God. But at the same time, there are dark times that we will go through and we need to talk about our faithfulness in that. We need to talk yeah. about even our doubts in that and that it's yeah. okay that our faith doesn't disappear because we doubt. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's something that I've been recently trying to focus on in my conversations with the youth and that is not just building our foundation on presumptions and things that we've been told, but actually allowing ourselves to break down the things that we've doubted and talk about them so that our foundation can actually be solid rock Mm. and not just shaky things. Because when it's shaky things, we're going to have a doubt one day in the future and our whole foundation will crumble when we deal with those things, those hardships and the realities of life from the start and build on that, like then it's a firm foundation. And I think that's one of the things we miss sometimes in the church, in our families is talking about the hard times that you are going to have so that Mm -hmm. when they walk through those things, inevitably they can expect it and actually anticipate what that'll be like and what you did in that situation. Yeah. No, that's great. I got kind of smacked upside the face by an article that I was reading this morning, and it mm. literally it, it finished with, or maybe it was one of the devotions. Oh, shoot. I think this is one of the devotions <laughs> from our, devo- our, our devotion plan, like I'm playing catch up. Yeah. But it, it hit the statement of God's. it's not God's job to make you happy. Yeah. I think that is from the Devos. Yeah, I think yeah. it's from the Devos. And that was just incredible to think about. That's not job, God's job to make us happy. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, it's not our job to make our kids happy, mm-hmm. but it is our job to train them up and prepare them for the world, to prepare yeah. them for faith. Yeah. And I have in my notes here just this great question that, again, haunts me, but do we fear telling the world about our faith because we aren't actually sure of how to do it at home? Do we fear telling mm-hmm. the world about our faith because we, we aren't sure of even how to do it at home? Like if I can't tell my kids about faith, if I'm scared to tell them about the things of faith and scared of their questions, I'm not going to be able to tell my neighbor. I'm not going to be able to tell my coworker. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to kind of keep it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so to kind of bring that back in this whole family worship. What are we looking at here? We're looking at intentionality, simple intentionality of come be a part of faith with me and we're going to do it together whether we have the answers or not. Yeah. And I love that. Like come do faith with me and let's, let's just walk this out because that's, that's where those three types of worship meet where your personal worship 
flows into your family worship because when you are living out faith and practicing faith and allowing God to transform your heart, you want that in your kids and you allow that to become part of your regular conversation. And then in the church, you can serve and worship with the body of Christ and encourage one another. Like it's just, it all comes together when you are intentional and when you are seeking that true faith in God and not just about God, but with God, relationship with God, worshiping him. Yeah. So if you were to leave people with one kind of challenge from this, what would it be? Quite simply, talk about God. Talk about what you're going through. Just talk (laughs) and bring God into your conversation. It's good. I'd leave it with, can you set five minutes? Hmm. Can, Can you prioritize five minutes of, hey, kids, Hey, husband, hey, wife, hey, stranger that lives in our house right now. We just at seven o'clock every day or 12 or whatever time works for your family. It's just we're going to take five minutes every day and pray. It's good. Yeah, one of the books I'm reading is just going through all these like great preachers of our past and talking about how in their memoirs, the biographies, those people that gave testament, it was always talking about how there was morning and evening prayers. And it was just, this is what we do. Like one wife was like, this is what I miss the most. Yeah. Is that time that we spent together as a family in prayer Mm -hmm. and, and just reading a scripture or something, but taking that intentional time daily. Yeah. And just five minutes. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out thing, but just pray. Like, just make it a thing. Like, yeah. Do it. Yeah. It doesn't do matter it. who's at the house. They just become part of it. Yeah. Like exactly. Now right. I'm horrible. I, I have no practice of this already, so I I got to take that challenge home myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. It is. Once I have kids, I'll bring it to great. them as well. It's great. <laughs> cool. Well, that's. Uh, that's episode one of Q the Apology, and we're going to continue to work out some of these ideas where we bring a guide on how to parent faith in the home. We want to look at some of the reasons just why. We want to look at different ways to pray or mm-hmm. encourage prayer. We want to take the Sunday school out of some, some stories because they can uh, be a little horrifying when you take uh bob and larry of veggie tales out of it and even just looking at like how to pick the right bible for kids like how how do you go through that so that's kind of our goal yeah yeah so stick with us as we do that and as we talk about just the realities of what's actually going to happen because it's not always going to be textbook so thanks for hanging out guys